bullshit, it's all just um gay politics. America's gotten kind of whack, but we're not gonna let it go down like that, cause we got a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. We probably don't have all the facts, but we got opinions and we'll probably backtrack. That's why it's a dumb gay podcast, a dumb gay political podcast. Ooh, it's all shit, it's all shit. It's all shit. It's all shit. I mean, are we gonna die? I don't know. I, I, you're extreme. I am extreme. It's all shit. Uh uh. This shit is bananas. B A A A A A S. This shit is Trumpanas. T R U M P A N A N A S. What? I don't know. I don't even know. Hey everybody, welcome to Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. I'm Julie. And I'm Brandy. And this is the podcast where we talk about the week in coronavirus politics, like we're talking about reality TV. And today, today is Brandy's birthday. <laughs> You're getting your singing voice ready for my annual traditional song. I am getting it ready. It's been, it's been on ice for a while. So. For a year. For, yes. And I've been practicing and wondering if there's a if new tradition lost, that needs if to you've be lost the edge. <laughs> you've lost the edge, Maverick. Woo. I love it. You 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 will never lose the edge and turn in your wings of singing Barry Manilow, Mandy uh. and switching the words to Brandy. And you did sing it one year ago today in Aspen. Wow. What a baller baller <laughs> trip. Oh, we didn't know what was in store. No. At the beginning of 2020, January 19th, we're thinking, we're in Aspen. This is like we're like full fucking celebrities. <laughs> we got the, you bought me the Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candle mm. for my birthday. It has Beautiful. now, one year later to the day, exploded in someone's <laughs> living room in the UK. Still pungent. Still pungent. <laughs> And still vagina eat, and now exploded a wop all oh, over man. some poor woman's living room. I'm sure it was her fault. Um, and dare may I? Yes. We did find out recently that the song Mandy, which we then turned to Brandy, was originally called Brandy. And then I had to be like, fuck you, Barry Manilow. Sorry you were gay and wanted it to be man instead of Bran. Well, for those of you who are interested in the original version, which I've now listened to many times, and we have, it's... It's called Brandy, and it's by Scott English. And the thing about it is that when you put in Brandy to look for songs with the name Brandy, which we've done because, you know, there's Brandy, you're a fine girl. because oh, I do it because I'm a narcissist asshole. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but there's Brandy by the OJs. This song never comes up. Ever. We've never found it, and we've looked for songs with the word Brandy in it. Yeah, because Barry Manilow's a dick. So, and I'm going to text Scott Nevins, who's like his best friend, and be like, Scott, <laughs> you can let Barry Manilow know that he needs to now come back around in 2021 if he wants to make up for all that time that he spent in the closet and hurt our parents' feelings, our mother's feelings, who believed he was straight. Mm. He can come back around and redeem himself if he comes back and changes it back to Brandy the way Scott English mm -hmm. and Jesus himself intended that's correct today is also dolly parton's birthday mm -hmm. meow, meow. yes janice joplin's edgar Allan poe wow you mac miller mm. mac miller pete Buttigieg. how crazy is that paula dean hi y'all <laughs> it's me did you miss me <laughs> and, i mean and anyone who has this birthday as paula dean and all of the aforementioned people know um every seven years you get Martin Luther King Jr. day off. Your birthday falls on the holiday. So 
there's just a strange and dark irony in Paula Dean <laughs> getting her birthday off for Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Uh, that is so bizarre. I was definitely surprised by Mac Miller. That's a surprising one. Yeah. I mean, I just wouldn't have ever. People you know. literally are obsessed with Mac Miller. So they I are? wasn't. Oh, well, I, yeah, good. Okay. I wasn't mad at well, it. Well, great. I'm glad that they're obsessed with him. As they are obsessed with Dolly Parton. I mean, and I, me. <laughs> I thought and you. you. Were gonna say. I don't know what <laughs> came over me. I thought you were going to go and you. And you. <laughs> and you. And I think it's fitting that when you think of a person that most people are obsessed with, Dolly Parton is one of those people. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, I only included iconic people on the list. I mean, let's be real. Like Marlon Wayans Jr. and Jody Sweeten from Full House, <laughs> who got addicted to crystal meth. <laughs> Um, which Listen. is probably one of the coolest things about her. <laughs> They're both on the list as well. <laughs> well, you know, we've gotten so many nice gifts and pictures for the Drug Den Bulletin Board. It's honestly like been so touching. Um, we only have 14 listeners, but they are so <laughs> goddamn supportive and awesome. It's it's humbling. Honestly, it, it it's really is. They're so generous and thoughtful, beyond. even with just their messages and comments. Mm -hmm. And they definitely make me hate my birthday a lot less. <laughs> I despise my birthday. Devin Vrana, one of our favorite people, like Patreon family at yeah. this point. She ain't even family. She's yeah. family. Mm -hmm. She emailed me a huge Ulta gift card for my birthday last week. <laughs> Do you know how sweet that is? I have close friends that I text with every day who will not even mention it. <laughs> Which is fine, because I don't even want to talk about it. I'm just saying our friends are assholes. <laughs> yes, they are. And so are we. But if you're an asshole like our friends and you think it's annoying to have to listen to us talk about gifts and read cards, then press fast forward and keep it to yourself. Because <laughs> we don't need your notes, babe. But first, uh, go ahead and listen to this one letter from Danielle <laughs> Renee, because it's so super nice and it's about the Patreon. Don't fast forward yet, assholes. <laughs> Hi, ladies. First of all, I'm an OG People's Couch fan, and I cannot remember how I found out about the DGP pod, but thank baby Jesus I did a little over a year ago. I started listening from episode one and said to myself when I was caught up, I would sign up for the Patreon, which I did at the $2 level. Thank you, Danielle. <laughs> now, I'm so not the type to ever email or write. I'll just pay, listen, laugh, and keep it moving. But I recently hit the Patreon episode... One nine hundred roommates and oh my god, the sixty seconds where Julie is doing a sexy voice and how hard it made Brandy laugh was so fucking funny. And just when I thought the shit couldn't get any funnier, you bitches and I say that with the utmost truly out dumb and gauge yourselves and hit me with no shirts off in my class. It's the funniest thing I've ever heard. The songs are classic and forever stuck in my brain. And those two episodes alone are worth every dime I've spent on the Patreon. So really, I'm writing this to tell all the regular weed listeners to get your asses over there and get your life. It's Ugh. beyond worth it. Danielle, you're doing everything. You're doing it. <laughs> and since I fangirled out and wrote this, I might as well send y'all a pic for the drug den because my whole goddamn family listens. Myself, my hubby Austin, daughter Dustin Rose, and dog son Trooper Fuzz, who really doesn't listen but is a total Mac, so he had to be featured. I work around mostly white privileged college kids, so a bitch needs to laugh on the rag. Really, thank you ladies so much for keeping it 100 in a time when for some reason it's not okay to do so. So please never stop doing what you're doing. And thanks from your Midwestern stand. Peace and love, Danielle Renee. Peace and love, peace and love. Peace and love. I literally have love. chills. I have chills. I have chills. <sighs> I know. Look at her picture. Look how cute she is. And her fucking husband and her daughter. Oh, it's a lot of sexy family. <laughs> Oh, don't try and do the sexy voice, Mama. 
<laughs> you know what? It's it, mm. I, I I hope no one fast forwarded at least to listen to that. It really like that's something I'll never forget. I'm always going to look at her picture on the bulletin board mm-hmm. and and just remember like how sweet that is. And those are two classic episodes. One nine hundred roommates was the free episode for a long time. It's probably still free. Mm. People want to listen, but that's mm-hmm. way back in like 2017. Mm. And then no shirts off in my class, sir. Please, I don't think it's free, but we can make it free. But that's also that's like in 2018. But I just want to say, Gretchen Klein sent us a message through our website, www.julianbrandy.com, asking if there was a way to do a one-time-a-year payment for Patreon, okay, as opposed to being charged monthly. So we looked into it because we want Gretchen to join the Patreon, and also because she's right. I hate fucking monthly subscriptions, so I completely get it. But the thing is, Gretchen, Patreon doesn't offer it. (sighs) So, they also can't ever get in touch with them. So, if anyone else is like Gretchen and you want to join, but it's annoying to be charged monthly, our advice is go to our Patreon page, patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics. Pick the level you want to join. We do one podcast a week for $1, or you can get two podcasts a week for $2. They're both an hour, and they are not about politics. This week, Brandy made (laughs) uh, a homemade lip plumper by adding ghost pepper to lip gloss and then we put it on and third degree burned our lips until we looked like Lisa Renna. Now, once you pick your level, add up the total it will cost you for a year or two years or however long you don't want to be bothered and then go down, buy a Visa gift card or some kind of prepaid card in that amount and then sign up with that. Patreon will charge that card and you won't ever have to deal with it again. I think that will work. That's a good idea. A lot of people use gift cards. We literally only have 14 listeners and Mm. some of the like more supportive ones will go down, get prepaid gift cards or prepaid credit cards and they will sign up under a different name. Right. And then just so that we can look like we have more listeners and that's how supportive they are. So nice. What would we do? We would literally not be able to be living, living in a, we wouldn't be able to be alive. Sometimes we have fever nightmares where Patreon goes out of business and then we go, wow, we have no income at all. Because if you happen to think this podcast pays us, (laughs) it doesn't. So that's it, Gretchen and anyone else, Mm. if that's been what's stopping you. So, Matt, now Jennifer Warhoff did Kalanya, one of our Patreon like sisters, Mm -hmm. for sure. She saw us live in D.C. Yep. And gave us the Mueller report. That's right. She made us an ornament. And an ashtray to match the pill coasters, the drug coasters that she made for us last year. Okay. They're so cute. So cute. The ashtray is the fucking business, Jennifer. The business. The biz. It's giving you that (laughs) mid-century modern ashtray shape, yet whimsical, again, lucite, rainbow pills, says drugs, has all glitter and like confetti in it. And I got to say, Sasha Fleek had given us some cannabis cigarettes and like any good bitch trying to quit smoking, any professional smoker knows when you try to quit smoking, what you do is start smoking pot. Right. And that's what Meow Meow has been doing. So it's the perfect ashtray to smoke Sasha Flick's cannabis cigarette gifts. (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. And we love you so much, Jennifer. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hope your your newlywed year is going well. We know you just got married and... um, Spent the pandemic and I guess hopefully horny wedded bliss. Okay, so now, Memo, Meg from Denver. Apparently, Meg from Denver is now Meg from Rhode Island. She just got her fucking life going in the pandemic. She said, goodbye, Colorado. You want to have a a member of your Congress that's in QAnon? I'm out. I'm going to Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. 
Now, we haven't heard from her in a year and a half, in which case last year and a half, she sent us a gift card. And this time she sent us a Target gift card. She's an angel. Uh, Dearest Brandy and Julie, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, and mostly Happy New Year. And Happy Birthday. Thanks, Meg. <laughs> and Happy Birthday. This Target card is for Brandy's birthday. <laughs> Thank you so much for keeping me laughing this year. I have to admit that sometimes I don't finish the regular weed podcast, but I live for the Patreon. <laughs> Julie, more keyboard. Hmm, okay. I love your songs. Brandy, I'm so goddamn impressed with your Rubik's Cube skills. I can't wait for Corona to go away so I can see your live podcast. Seriously, maybe plan an awesome trip somewhere. A live podcast? Julie, stand up. I'd love to be there. Thanks again. I really look forward to you guys every week. Love, Meg, in Rhode Island, formerly of Denver. Thank you, Meg. We really... Julie couldn't be more excited to go so roam much. the halls of Target, Target and buy fucking cleaning supplies mm. and new garden supplies. Yes. Carrie Nataro. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Basically supplied our Abby Lee Miller, Jojo Siwa Halloween costumes mm-hmm. for us. And it's just a source of creativity. She sent us some more beer and cider from her dude's brewery, which is Rheingeist Brewery in Ohio, a.k.a. Justin's <laughs> Big Dick Brewery. <laughs> Carrie, I want you to know we opened the package at 8 a.m., hung over from the night before, immediately drank every single beer and cider <laughs> while we cried through the Shits Creek finale and then immediately put on the documentary and continued crying. Mm-hmm. I left after we were done. Mm-hmm. We were crying by my car. Yeah. I had one of her beers <laughs> from Ryan Geist Brewery in my fucking hand. Yes, that is true. I don't know how to explain how the beers are. They're just delicious. <laughs> and also, Justin, the oh, the packaging, the packaging yeah. is beyond. It is. I want I want my clothes to look like that. Yep. I'm obsessed with the packaging. It's I a lifestyle brand. I love it. Justin's Big Dick Brewery love is it. a lifestyle brand. A lifestyle brand. And she just- also gave us two coloring books, People at Walmart, and a real <laughs> Housewives coloring book. She's yeah. always ready with like, she's really inspiring that way, like creative. And even with Jennifer, with like her crafts, it's like something is as seemingly simple as coloring in a coloring book can really just... right. Scratch that itch. That's why when anyone babysits or goes with their nieces and nephews or god daughters like me, I end up coloring and then I'm like, Rent, don't mess this up. I'm doing this for real. Go on your own page. <laughs> it really does get the um the creativity jump started. So thank you for all of that. Leah C sent us her pick for the drug den bulletin board and she got us mm. these sick fucking mugs, mm. okay? Giving us a chinois blue and white. For anyone who doesn't know, that's That's like that Asian blue and white fine china vibe, Mm -hmm. except these mugs are like scenes of catastrophes and they're extra large, but not in a cheesy way in the way of like, fuck. Yeah, these are the perfect size for me to eat cereal out of and drink (laughs) soup out of and have tea in. Yep. They're called calamity wear. And then these specific mugs, they're called things could be worse mugs. And it basically says, everyone has bad days. You lose your keys, you lose your job, you lose your superpowers. This mug helps you cope with hard times by reminding you that things could be much worse. You could also be pursued by giant robots (laughs) plagued by pterodactyls. I didn't even know pterodactyls is spelled with a P. Mm. Did you know that? And you love dinosaurs. I think I did know that. Oh, that's annoying. (laughs) Pestered by zombie poodles Mm -hmm. and worse. So just cheer the fuck up. Dear Julian Brandy, hey guys. Words cannot adequately express how grateful I am for you and your work, especially DGP and the Patreon podcast. You've seen me through some very hard times for the past four years, including 
the grief of the 2016 elections fallout moving to a new town to teach at a new school in the middle of the 2016 2017 school year and the harassment and bullying from students at that new school which was rooted in misogyny awful struggling with clinical depression and suicidal ideation parentheses i got help my mom's cancer diagnosis treatment and recovery all of 2020 in times where i've been at my lowest you've kept me informed engaged and laughing so oh, as a small so nice that is really nice so as a small token of appreciation i have a gift coming your way some things could be worse mugs from calamity wear which serve as a reminder that yeah the world is a dumpster fire right now but we could also be dealing with killer robots exactly ufo abductions rabid bears or a plague of giant frogs i could think of nothing more fitting for the two of you <laughs> who have helped keep me sane as things have steadily grown more wild the past few years. So there's that. Thank you. Thank you for all you do. And I'm looking forward to enjoying a new year with you and Jojo and Kiki and the other 13 listeners with gratitude, Leah C. Mm. Well, Leah, thank you so much. And we are so, so happy that you've gotten help and gotten better. Hopefully mm-hmm. you got some better help. And I just want to thank you for being vulnerable and sharing that with us. And also, you know, I know, you know, if you've listened to the Patreon in this podcast, we went through some super, super, super dark times between 2016 and now as well. And it always helps to know that, like, we're all just. Yeah, everybody's got something going on and you just never, ever know. All right. Now it's time for Jojo and Kiki. Lock the doors, lower the blinds, fire up the smoke machine, and put on your heels. Because I know exactly what we need. Jojo and Kiki. I want to have a Kiki. Lock the doors. Jojo and Kiki. Well, it's been the longest eight weeks of our lives, but January 20th is tomorrow. Jojo and Kiki are finally going to get inaugurated. We have Dom chilling and Kleenex handy, and we're going to get good and toasty in celebration of history happening the way it's supposed to happen. Well, barring any unforeseen yet extremely predictable white mob riot assassination attempt. Yeah, I can't believe it. I truly can't. Four years ago, I spent my birthday weekend watching millions of women march on Trump's inauguration. And there was no reality where I truly believed a woman that we actually legitimately <laughs> love, a woman that we look up to and stand, and again, legitimately love, would be getting sworn in as vice president. It truly feels like a karmic or cosmic gift from Geraldine <laughs> yeah. Ferraro. A woman who was robbed of being mm-hmm. vice president, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. A woman that we also loved, but never even knew existed until long after she was gone. And I never thought we would jock someone as hard as we jocked her until Kamala Harris. It's so true. Yeah, I don't know if I, I if I should feel guilty. Like, I'm not supposed to be getting someone that I authentically like and trust wholeheartedly in office. It's literally never happened before. It feels weird. And I'm cautious to even celebrate it. Like, I don't deserve it. Like, our team won the Super Bowl, or we got front row seats to a private Blackpink concert with only 50 people. We clearly don't deserve it. (laughs) And it's haunting us in some way, like we're waiting for the other shoe to drop Mm -hmm. or something. But two fucking bad bitches. We happy. Catholics got Amy Corny on the Supreme Court. (laughs) Why shouldn't we all get Kamala in the White House? Mm -hmm. And Joe's fine, too. We love Joe and Jill. Mm -hmm. But it's Kamala all the way. On Monday, she officially divested her seat as one of the senators of California, one of two. 
And here is what she said. Okay. Hi, everybody. I just wanted to, to let you know how honored I've been to serve as a United States Senator from the place of my birth, the great state of California. Uh, back when I was a sophomore Me too. Me at too. Howard <laughs> University in 1984, That's my last name. <laughs> I applied to be a Senate intern mm. in the office of the then senior senator from California, Alan Cranston. And this kid from Oakland, I got chosen to be one of the interns. Wow. And who would have known, so many years later, I would actually run the office where I was once a student wow. watching the incredible work that a senator can do, and especially a senator from California. That's it right. has been such yeah. an honor to serve with a team that has worked so tirelessly, a state team that has been there where we have received thousands of calls from our fellow Californians, constituents, concerned about whether they're getting their benefits as a veteran, concerned about FEMA protections during the wildfires, uh, folks who have contacted us about helping them um, get, get support from various federal agencies when they needed help most. It has been an honor to serve when we have done the work in the United States Congress of fighting for climate protection and fighting knowing that California has been a leader and we can do what we've done in California as a nation. It's been an honor to serve with so many extraordinary American leaders in the Senate doing bipartisan work, whether it was work to, to end cash bail or the work to strengthen our national um, infrastructure around elections or the work that we did to say that lynching should be a federal crime. Mm -hmm. These are some of the things that we have done over the course of my four years, and you gave me the honor of being able to serve. And so I just wanted to say thank you. Of course, I'm not saying goodbye. Um, in many ways, I'm now saying hello, hello, hello. your vice president. <laughs> but I do want to thank you for the honor of representing the place of my birth as a proud daughter of California. Thank you. I mean, I'm sorry. She just got an intern. I mean, I can't even get a job as a podcast <laughs> producer. <laughs> okay. You know what? Thank you. Yeah. Just thank you. So happy for her and just so for and us. She, yeah. I mean, it's great. I mean, I will miss her on the Senate floor. There was nothing like watching her grill someone. So I don't know that we're going to get that, but at least she's going to be our vice president. That's right. And it all happens tomorrow. So here's the deal. The inauguration starts at 11 a.m. Eastern time, mm -hmm. 8 a.m. Pacific time. That is when Joe Biden arrives at the Capitol. Uh, the first hour is the Pledge of Allegiance. Then Lady Gaga sings the national anthem and then some other shit. And then Jennifer <laughs> Lopez performs. Mm. Just fucking yes. OK, we have WAPS with a capital W. Just thinking about Kamala Harris and J-Lo. OK, so the word on the street is like an hour later, maybe you're like a noonish, um, which is 9 a.m. ish Pacific time. Joe Biden will be sworn in as the 46th president of the United States and then Kamala Harris after that. The White House is keeping the official schedule a secret because obvs, no one needs another saltine siege on the Capitol, much less a tragic shooting. The Capitol is on full-on lockdown, with 900 National Guard troops literally sleeping there. 
Yet still, there have been two official inauguration rehearsals aborted and evacuated. The first one was Friday when a man was caught at a D.C. checkpoint with an unregistered semi-automatic gun and 500 rounds of ammunition. He claimed that he forgot it was in his truck when he presented non-government-issued credential to the officers at the checkpoint. Meh, just happened to have it in there. He literally showed them a fake credential <laughs> and then said that he got lost on the way to his job as a security guard mm. in downtown D.C. Because, and he did say this, because he's a country boy. Mm. Barf, vomit, throw up, (laughs) acid reflux, flatulence, gas, gout, snot. Every single thing. Country boy, I want to crawl inside myself and die. (laughs) Fuck off. If you work in D.C., how do you not know your way around? Go back to the country, you lying, racist, neo-Nazi psycho. And then Monday, another inauguration rehearsal was shut down because a random fire got started less than a mile away. The fire was under a freeway overpass, supposedly in a homeless encampment. But when have you ever even heard of a fire near there? They've got troops and officers and guards surrounding the entire perimeter of the Capitol building and the mall. Yet, I guess we're supposed to believe that they're allowing randoms to camp out under a bridge nearby. I find that highly unlikely. As do I. I mean, they're evacuating homeless people for no reason here. Right, right, right. And we were supposed to go to the inauguration and we couldn't even fucking go. I guess we could have if we slept under a bridge. Well, we could have taken a truck and put 500 rounds of ammunition with a fake ID. and like, we don't know where we are. Let's pretend we're security guards. We're security guards and we're just country gals in that. There's no way that that fire was accidental and blamed on it was blamed on homeless and it wasn't it just they're just it just doesn't ring true so now the fbi is suddenly they're waking up (laughs) and pretending to do their job and apparently they discovered extremist groups on far-right fringe websites talking about quote-unquote taking back the country Mm. with the help of again quote-unquote barf patriots (laughs) on the inside Anytime you Mm. hear the word patriots, Mm. you just know. Wow. It's like the new WMDs. It's the new collusion. (laughs) It's the new sedition. Like patriots, just no, just no, just no. So all of the hundreds of National Guard servicemen and women who've been stationed and sleeping on the floor of the Capitol are now supposedly going through a very intense vetting process to catch the military personnel who might be involved in any one of these groups. Oh my God, the shit is absolutely bananas. This is the final, this is the end to Trumpanas. You want to talk about Trumpanas? This is Trumpanas. We already know that the terrorist attack on the Capitol was aided by members of Congress who gave personal tours and classified information to extremist group leaders. But hell hath no fury if Jojo and Kiki are harmed in any way at this inauguration. That's right, ma'am, meow. And don't even think about fucking with Jennifer (laughs) Lopez. Oh, my God. Okay, now it's time for Close Your Legs to White Supremacy. Hello, everyone. Lady Red Couture here to let you know how I'm living.
to be wealthy, especially if you're white, then you can get anything you want. Okay, this is our segment called Close Your Legs to White Supremacy. America is in the middle of a racial reckoning, and not only are we here for it, we are committed to talking about it on our podcast indefinitely until social and racial justice are served. So on January 6th, 20,000 assholes showed up at the nation's capital to riot and march for their right to spread their legs for white supremacy. Every single person who attended those riots is a rotted cockroach, no exceptions. <laughs> so if you know someone who was there, sorry to you, but you know a garbage person. <laughs> But if you don't know someone who is there, don't worry. There are millions of QAnon Crunchwrap supremacists who weren't there. Literally millions. And you definitely know a few of them. You might not know you know a QAnon person, but you do. We all do. Because again, there are millions of them and they are everywhere. Oh God. QAnon's numbers quadrupled in the pandemic. And look, we all suffered from a mild case of the quarantine crazies at one point or another during this time. Some worse than others, but many of these new QAnon people weren't even that political before. But after months and months of living in the echo chamber of Facebook's predatory algorithm, receiving affirmation instead of information, and suddenly we've got millions of everyday normal-ish men and women of all ages and socioeconomic backgrounds who've been radicalized to the point of lunacy. Your kooky vegan neighbor is now an insane member of a dangerous cult. Your annoying gay Christian coworker is hoarding cash and buying guns because he believes there's going to be a civil war with the deep state. QAnon is the worst offender and has amassed the biggest following, but there are hundreds and hundreds of anti-government groups and militias that have switched from being anti-government to now being pro-Trump. These groups suddenly have a racist figurehead to fixate on, and that's exactly what they do. They hang on Trump's every white word, <laughs> and they come like pathetic inbred dogs when he calls them. So when he called on them to storm the Capitol, they came in droves, and then they literally took a shit on it. Literally. In case you haven't heard, while these assholes were roaming the halls of Congress, they took shits on the floor, and then the mob stepped in it and smeared it everywhere. That that poor cleaning crew had to deal with human fucking feces all over the walls and floor. I can't. QAnon is the biggest offender of radicalizing and ruining regular people. But there are other groups, too. And many of them are violent militias. And they piggyback on each other. QAnon might not be classified as a militia, but there is crossover with their membership. White nationalist conspiracy clubs are not mutually exclusive. People can follow and participate with more than one Facebook page. And Facebook's job is to make sure that they do. So we're going to tell you about the main groups from the Capitol insurgents because knowledge is power. And we all need to be on the lookout for anyone we know spouting the ridiculous rhetoric from these fucked up fraternities. And then we have a choice. We can either completely disassociate from said individual in every way, or we can confront them and begin the arduous and nearly impossible <laughs> task of deprogramming their cult-controlled thought process. They are Nazis, fascists, sexists, and revolting civil war traitors. <laughs> Here are the people responsible for the Capitol Hill siege. First and foremost, QAnon. QAnon began in 2017 when an anonymous user went onto the openly racist message board called 4chan. The anonymous user said he was high up in government with Q-level security clearance, and he signed his message Q. These messages became known as Q drops or breadcrumbs, 
often written in cryptic language, peppered with slogans, pledges, and pro-Trump themes. It was probably Michael Flynn or his cum dumpster son, as they did briefly have high security clearance in early 2017, and they were deeply entrenched in conspiracy theories, including the main philosophy behind QAnon, which is that President Trump is waging a secret war against elite Satan-worshipping pedophiles in government, business, and the media. QAnon believers have speculated that this fight is leading to a day of reckoning where prominent people such as former presidential candidate Hillary Clinton will be arrested and executed. So that's the basic story uh, behind QAnon. But because of the sheer numbers of members, especially the new ones that they've amassed during the pandemic, these members then come up with their own far-fetched theories, which then catch on like Facebook wildfire. So because of that, there are now many, 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 many offshoots, detours, and internal debates about what QAnon actually stands for. And the explanations for that are dizzyingly different and often contradictory. Mm -hmm. Born in the internet's moronic fever swamps, QAnon played an unmistakable role in energizing rioters during the real-world attack on January 6th. It was all fun and games until they actually fucking attacked the Capitol. They're <laughs> full-on domestic terrorists. So it was a man in a Q t-shirt that was at the front of the mob that breached the Senate doors, while a shirtless, fur-clad believer known as the Q shaman, who's, like, well-known in QAnon circles, that guy's, like, famous... Posed for photographers in the Senate chamber. Twitter later permanently banned Trump and then purged more than 70,000 accounts associated with QAnon in an acknowledgement of the online potency and legitimate danger posed by the conspiracy theory believers. There are many enablers throughout Congress. Many, 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 many. And I will include Ted Cruz as one of them. They're, they're all enabling it. But there are two legitimate and actual QAnon members in Congress. Um, they're in the House of Representatives. Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene of Georgia and Congresswoman Lauren Babbert something mm -hmm. of Colorado. Anyone you know of or suspect may have been radicalized via Facebook. They were most likely indoctrinated by this specific group. QAnon is a cancer on the feeble-minded and the problem is so pervasive that I'm sure full rehab centers are going to dedicate themselves to deprogramming yeah. victims of this group. I think you're right. And I think it's like you said before, rather they gave affirmation rather than information. And as we know, you hear what you want to hear and you just never let go. It's that confirmation that's bias. It is. It's the confirmation bias. And, and it's because of Facebook. Facebook has their algorithm echo chamber down to a science. So... The Proud Boys are a far-right, anti-immigrant, all-male militia group with a history of street violence against its left-wing opponents. The group's name is a reference to a song from the musical version of the Disney film Aladdin. That's upsetting. Members often wear black and yellow Fred Perry polo shirts along with red Make America Great Again hats. A Proud Boy must declare that he is a Western chauvinist who refuses to apologize for creating the modern world. Then we've got the Boogaloo Boys, also a militia. The Boogaloo movement was named for the 1980s breakdancing movie Break Into Electric Boogaloo. Um, how fucking dare they? Special K, Ozone, and Turbo <laughs> would never. Mm -mm. Okay, they would never when they're trying to get the neighborhood center like up and running with the temperature thing. That they're goes using up. all things that aren't white. <laughs> they're using all things that aren't white. They are the dumbest. I'm sorry. I know we're not supposed to say they're dumb, but they are fucking dumb. You they dumb are. fucking idiots. I know. They're... 
it's it's like takes a certain kind of mindset and listen and there are definitely Mm. smart people that are funny and interesting and attractive and and have the ability to be respected but there's a certain type of person that that can be cultivated into these cults and you know and it's like and these people they're in a cult now and and everybody's got to wake the fuck up. I don't care if it's your son. I don't care if it's your daddy. I don't care if it's your husband. No, I we, don't care if it's your cousin. Yeah. I don't care if it's your brother-in-law, yeah. your sister-in-law, mm-hmm. whoever it fucking is, they're in it. And guess what? Time to be kicked out of the family <laughs> or sent on off to fucking promises in Malibu to be deprogrammed. So these idiots, Boogaloo boys, um, carry weapons and wear Hawaiian shirts and tactical gear. Again, Hawaiian shirt. I mean, and their agenda is to exploit <laughs> unrest in order to start a second civil war. Um, at least one of the men involved in the plot to kidnap the governor of Michigan was a card-carrying member of the Boogaloo Boys. The Boogaloo meme began emerging in both white power and anti-government spaces online in early 2010, but once Trump took power, they switched from being anti-government, like we said before, to being pro-Trump, who is their white supremacist-in-chief. Yes, exactly, as Cori Bush said. Uh, Then there's America First. That's the name of a podcast hosted by a far-right activist named Nick Fuentes. Yeah, you heard that right, Nick Fuentes, who appeared at the 2017 Unite the Right rally in Charlottesville and later taunted people protesting the killing of George Floyd in police custody. Fuentes' followers and associates call themselves Gripers and originally came together as white nationalists and anti-Semitic users of the racist message board 4chan. They carry a green flag that mimics a Nazi war flag, which was spotted all over the Capitol during the riots, as well as flags with Pepe the Frog, another recognizable symbol for America First Gripers. I did notice those flags and I was like, that green flag looks very Nazi-ish. And now we know why. Yeah. Okay. Next, we have the Oath Keepers barf. You know, just what you're in for with that fucking name. Oh, I just can't. So the Oath Keepers are one of the largest self-described militia groups in the United States. They were founded in 2009. The anti-government group is focused on recruiting law enforcement and active or former military members. Because why? Because they will be easily indoctrinated into their philosophy, which is taking an oath to protect the Constitution against, quote, all enemies, both foreign and domestic. That's their oath, Mamel. Wow, they're really keeping that oath. The Oath Keepers have had a presence at many high-profile incidents over the past decade, including the 2014 standoff at the Bundy Ranch in Nevada and the Ferguson, Missouri protests. Mm -hmm. They have a yellow logo, which takes inspiration from the U.S. Army Ranger tab. I love that these people have, like, full-on fucking flags. It is so dorky. Like, some disgusting guy with, like, a long beard and, like, sweat stains and, like, crumbs in his beard from, like, (laughs) cornbread goes down to, like, the local T-shirt thing and is like... Um, so I want to get a flag made. It's like the, the, the nuts and bolts of getting a flag made. It's like planning a wedding. It's so fucking dorky. And patches and, and, and uniforms and things for their costumes. And I just want to say, I mean, I'm the level of rage that I feel, but I just need to point out like, and I know nobody cares and nobody, whatever. Cause we're all, everyone is listening. We're all on the same page here, but they are literally It's not cultural appropriation, but it's appropriation from a thing that you act like you don't want. You're anti-government, you're anti-authority, you're anti, you hate Jews, you hate women, you hate black people, you hate all immigrants, blah, 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 blah. You're using, you take from oath keeping, which is something that they do in the military. Right. Even storming the Capitol, that's, they were like desperate to be inside. Exactly. Desperate. Oh, Ted Cruz wants this. Ted Cruz would want us to do this. Right. 
they're so desperate to be accepted. That's what it is. They're they're outsiders and they hate it, and that's why they're they're disenfranchised people. That's why this happened. I know. All right. Well, last but not least is the three percenters. The three percenters are an anti-government paramilitary group that formed in 2008 around the idea that a small number of quote unquote patriots protect America from the tyranny of big government. The name itself is a reference to the debunked claim that only 3% of the population fought against the British in the American Revolution, okay? Historians say the percentage was actually much higher, but even still, who gives a fuck? The organization is considered by extremism experts to be a traditional self-described militia group that espouses right-wing libertarian ideals, but has in recent years become an ardent supporter of Trump and is mobilized in opposition to more restrictive gun regulation, coronavirus-related shutdowns, and racial justice protests. They are often represented by the Roman numeral for three and hold up a hand sign that looks like the symbol for OK, where your thumb and forefinger form an O symbol, but it's actually the three fingers sticking up that form a W for white supremacy. And they throw it up all the time. Wow. Now it's time for our final farewell moment with Melania. Well, it's been a long and arduous four years living in a country with the most fucked up president and bizarre first lady in modern history. We here at Dumb Gay Politics have had a complicated relationship with Melania Trump. We know she hates her husband. And uh, that's one thing we had in common with her. <laughs> and we know that she loves children and babies and her mutantly tall son, Baron, <laughs> above all else. We rarely heard from her. And when we did... She read robotically from a speech written by someone else with the dead gaze of a kidnapped cyborg sex slave. Mm. She may not have made many public appearances, but over the years, we had many special moments with Melania <laughs> on our podcast. She stopped by every live show from L.A. to Austin to New Orleans. She came every Easter to reread the story from whatever children's book she read to the kids in the White House Rose Garden. It was all smiles and love for the children until late last year when the Trump administration framed her friend for laundering and committing fraud <laughs> with the missing inauguration donations. Melania's now ex-friend, Stephanie Winston Walkoff, denied any and all allegations in a tell-all book about Melania that was anything but complimentary. And to prove that her claims about Melania were true, she released tapes of Melania cursing Christmas and the hypocritical Democrats who dared to criticize her. Now, she wasn't wrong about the hypocrisy, but what she was was a huge bitch with a clear and sizable chip on her shoulder. And for the first time since Trump got elected, the mysterious and enigmatic first lady crystallized into what everyone always suspected her to be, a mercenary gold digger who chose to lie down with Republican dogs and then blamed the liberal media when she got up with permanent fleas. But she only has herself to blame for the fact that she will live out her remaining days in America as a slutty flea bag married to a sexual assaulter with orange hair and tanning goggle lines around his eyes. <laughs> Nevertheless, we will miss our moments with Melania. And barring any consequential news, this will be our last and final moment with her until that <sighs> special and historic day when she packs up her shit and moves <laughs> out of the country for good. 
But until then, this isn't goodbye. It's just to see you later. Right, Melania? It's just see you later, you know, <laughs> like um, like this stupid fucking Democrat said about <laughs> me. Like I'm, I'm some whore. I'm some horrible person. I'm just a regular gold digger like other women. So what? So what? So what? That's true. I had to do for me the way I do for me. So what I first lady and then I pretend to be best and <laughs> I had to go out and do what they told me. If I didn't do that, then they would, you know, maybe put me arrest or maybe they would do something to bear on. And I could not have that. Now, you know, maybe I know some things from Jeffrey Epstein and Gulen Mazal. Maybe I know some things. Maybe I was there. Maybe I did three some. Maybe I did four some. Maybe I did eight some. Maybe I did some things. Maybe I might have watched in a room with underage girls. I'm not saying either way. Maybe I was an underage girl. Maybe I was put in box and shipped away and then someone opened it and poked me with their penises. Maybe they did. Maybe they did not. I'm damaged, okay? I'm damaged goods. However, that does not, does not um, explain, defend why... You're as a grown woman. <laughs> yes. That's what's really annoying. We just didn't realize that you were conservative or Republican. Yeah, but you know, I'm really just opportunist. Right. Um, as if uh, that's if that were party, that's the party I'd be in would be one of opportunism. For right. me, I have to bring my parents from shithole village in Slovenia. So I tried to save my parents. I tried to uh, find man that would be rich. Now, granted, you would think woman like me could have done better. Maybe could have found someone better looking. Once he did, once the grab the pussy tape came out, we know from your ex-friend Stephanie that... You were done. That was embarrassing. You had every right to be oh. embarrassed. So they had to really restructure a very, very lucrative contract to get That's you to correct. stay. That's um, correct. And then I stay with Donald for I was didn't want to be humiliated. So I stay married. But then he kept doing things that were so embarrassing. Right. Because, you know, in privacy, you can go, okay, right. I'm going to do this. I'm not going to run yeah. whatever. But then there is no hiding. And I had to, I had to hold hands. I had to walk with him. He grabbed the pussy. Right. He got with um, those other women. Uh, you know, stormy chasing. He's All clearly coming were, for Nancy O'Dell. Nancy, he was coming. He would for anyone. He would anybody. Anyone, you're right. So Hideous. then there's the raping. And but I'll tell you this: I am about six feet tall. Right. I do Pilates. Yes. I'm very, very strong. Mm-hmm. He uh, at times tries to do raping to me. Yeah. I take his mushroom peen uh-huh. and shoved it up his own <laughs> asshole. Okay. What a wonderful. Um, it's just a it's just a d- wonderful daydream. Oh, I mean, and yeah, he got so mad. He got so <laughs> mad. But I say, if you. If you two touch me one more fucking time, yeah, I'm going to pull it off. I'm going to, you know who Lorena Bobbitt has sex one time in these four years in that White House. Yes, you do. I do. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. With who? I don't know. Like there's some. Uh, they bring a woman with bag overhead. Like she Hope Hicks or oh yeah, Hope Hicks, right? Then maybe Kelly McEnany, right? Maybe fucking old, uh, you know, receding gum line. Uh, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Yeah, she supposedly had an affair with him. Ooh, Nikki Haley, good one. Yes, 
And have I, you had sex in the last four years? I have, sure, yeah. of course. <laughs> I have it with, uh, I had um, my boyfriend. He's right. a security guard. He's yes. in his 70s, though. Who? Trump? Yeah. He takes Viagra twice a day. That's why also his skin orange like that. <laughs> his skin is jaundice. It's not just uh, from tanning. It's from jaundice. He doesn't drink, do whatever. But, you know, he does take Adderall. Right. I mean, please. Yeah. Now, it's been Stephen confirmed. Miller. <laughs> it's confirmed that you do sleep in separate living quarters and separate bedrooms. Oh, yes. Now, that's right. Now, you, yes. you recently made history. By refusing to give the incoming first lady, Dr. Jill Biden, a tour of the White House living quarters. Is that because you share separate bedrooms and you did not want that fact revealed or you just don't like Dr. Biden? I am not allowed to have any communication with any incoming Biden. Now, I think in different world, mm-hmm. I mean, not that I would be friends with Dr. Jill Biden, because no, she's community not. teacher. Right. She's not fashion. She's not model. She's well, not walking. Also, I jealous. Right. Um, she is very beautiful. She's fit. She's in shape. She's got good marriage and nice kids. Normal. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and I f- look at them and I go, that husband really um, likes spending time with her. And they seem like they're friends. Right. That's weird. So between my own resentment of being made fun of for four years plus. Right. That is hard. That's not easy. I don't appreciate that, even though I'm huge cunt. Right. And a nude model. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) You I do look good. Yeah. Uh, I then on top of due to my contract with Trump and the administration, I am not allowed to do the walkthrough right, with Dr. That makes Joe sense. Biden. That they, checks out, actually. They told me that I w- would not be allowed. I would, though. I don't. Are oh, you I'm resentful friends. that you're now taking the heat for, um, again, championing no bullying, but yet um, going out looking like um, a, a bully. bitter, right. a bitter, sore loser, right. lower person? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, cheating. I think that, um, yes, like I told my friend Stephanie Volkatvorkov, uh-huh. that it's part of job. Now, I know that with money that I'm going to get from a divorce, right. I'm going to be able to rebuild life. Yes. yes. However, I think that I am also mercenary and cunt enough that I can let it go. I think so. I think so. Now, speaking of the money you're going to get, um, you've all been shunned out of New York and are now yeah. changing your permanent residence to Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Will you miss New York? You know, I feel it's, it's, it's a cultural, um, you know, like Paris or Saint-Tropez or mm-hmm. place like I like to be in a where fashion is, where fashion is uh, old fashioned and shopping and all of that. Florida is, you know, between you and me. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, Miami is OK. It's It can be fun and exciting with, with late night, but it's not. And that's not uh, where Mar-a-Lago is. No. And, you know, Mar-a-Lago is very old. Yeah. I think what I will do is I will go to Mar-a-Lago for a little time. Right. Like, are we going to talk about a year? 
I think probably depending on now he's going to get you know hearings and I'm going to have to as wife as long as I stay married while he's there I'm gonna have to stay married while he's during hearings right. because if we get divorced then I can then um, testify against him which I right. I'm not gonna be allowed to do so they're <laughs> gonna keep me married until he's done then when he's done I'm divorcing and uh, here's where I want to move I'm going to either go to Paris or London with your family yes speaking slavic full-time or whatever it's called exactly <laughs> slavic full-time i need to be in i want to be in cosmopolitan city i want to be in the place where i can do modeling i'm going to baron be is going to be as tall as fucking the winklevoss brothers <laughs> he's going to be doing crew that's and raping right. yes that's the right. way he deserves uh, his birthright that's right that's what he's entitled to right you know when we talk about white supremacy we talk about now listen i might be some good things but i mean i am you know I mean, Eastern European. You, you are know white. What I mean, I am white. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I'm just saying, like, <laughs> it is, you know, I'm going to let him know, like, you're tall, you're man, you're oh. white, you do what you want, stay away from Jew, and let's go. Let's go. Well, thank you, Melania. You've been a source of levity and humor on this podcast for the last four years, and... You know, hopefully you don't leave a, a, a big hole where that's concerned. Well, that's remained to be seen. <laughs> Come on. If you contribute anything, I'm sure it's a big hole. We wish you a speedy and efficient divorce and deportation. Now it's time for So There's That. All right, so this is the part of the show where Julie has to find a so there's that moment that's happening because of or in spite of the diarrhea toilet Republicans and the ignorant Facebook Fox News army that follows them. She hates doing it because finding an uplifting story to end the show on a positive note is fucking hard, especially when half the country are mind-controlled members of a morally bankrupt right-wing cult and the other half are whiny, entitled virtue signalers who are too busy fighting Bernie battles with their own side to win the war. But hey... We survived a pandemic and Jojo and Kiki move in this week, which proves that anything is possible if we believe in miracles and have faith that they will happen. Mm -hmm. And the person that is solely responsible for providing <laughs> us with that faith and belief is you, Meow Meow, uh -huh. with your so there's that's. Well, we did it. <laughs> we did it. We did do it. I kn and I know, and I want to apologize to everyone listening that I know that the last so there's that's for like, the last two years have really been so we're talking about the last hundred or so <laughs> yeah the last hundred have really not been up to probably par but um no, you, you know had some good ones greta thurnberg was great mm. there's some very memorable foes okay. so there's that hey even you did a so there's that on, on people rescuing dogs in the pandemic you have some oh, very memorable God. ones and then you have some very forgettable <laughs> ones that's, to where we go did she even do one that week that's just how it's going <laughs> Well, I've really put my eggs in the Kamala Harris basket for the last several weeks, I would say, because I just I'm, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I and, would say since August. Yeah. OK, for months, <laughs> for months, because every time I look for something like a specific policy change or just something, it just I get sucked back into fucking Kiki. Now, God, we love her for this particular. So there's that I had considered going through the white crunch rap Supremes who've been arrested, particularly that cunt realtor. And that idiot shaman who want pardons. Oh, but my good God. Damn. I, I know. But I felt even though it's a negative positive, I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted to keep it 
positive, positive. So I'm on the Kiki spaceship and I don't want to get off. Now, not only is Kiki going to be inaugurated tomorrow as the first woman vice president and woman of color, she's being sworn in by the other first woman of color in the Supreme Court. I can't take it. Okay. And if that's not enough. Nominated by Obama. Put there by Obama. That is correct. And if that's not enough nachos and emotion, she's using two Bibles to be sworn in. And one is Thurgood Marshall's. Oh, my now, God. I will start fucking crying. <laughs> I am obsessed with fucking Thurgood Marshall. Yes. Obsessed. Now, basically, here's the deal. Kamala Harris chose to be sworn in by Sonia Sotomayor, the first woman of color to be seated on the Supreme Court. And yes, she was put there by Barack Obama. The levels and layers here are so profound and powerful. I literally cannot deal. Sonia Sotomayor is the first Latina Supreme Court justice and one of only now four female Supreme Court justices. One, of course, our beloved angel and one of our podcast patron saints, the Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Kiki personally asked to be sworn in by her. Oh, my God. And if I may go back even further, it should lay on you like an emotional blanket that no other than Jojo was the one who swore in Kiki when she was sworn in as a senator. Okay? Oh, my God. Start getting crazy. Kiki is not only using her hero Thurgood Marshall's Bible, but she's using another Bible given to her by the woman she calls her second mother, Regina Shelton. Now, Mrs. Shelton took care of Kamala and her sister, Maya, while their mother, Shamala, was at work. And apparently, Mrs. Shelton brought them to church. Which we talk about on our podcast, on the JoJo and Kiki, the week that he chose her. You should go back and listen if you haven't heard it, if you're new here. And we go all into the history of Kamala Harris and her childhood. And it's so interesting. So interesting. And this woman is so interesting, her second mother. Quote, in office and into the fight, I carry Mrs. Shelton with me always, Harris wrote in a 2019 essay for Bustle. Mrs. Shelton would bring her Bible to church every Sunday. Sitting alongside her, I was introduced to the teachings of that Bible. My earliest memories were of a loving God, a God who asked us to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves and to defend the rights of the poor and needy. This is where I learned that faith is a verb, something we must live and demonstrate through our actions. I mean, now... I, you know, I'm so gross. I also know that faith is also like a destructive cult like weapon. But hearing her say that made me feel safe and loved. Kiki used Mrs. Shelton's Bible to be sworn in when she was attorney general of California. Now, Thurgood Marshall, we don't have enough time to get into, but Kiki said he's her hero and the reason she got into law. Going back even deeper, Sonia Sotomayor swore in Joe Biden when he was going into his second term of vice president. Layers and levels and layers and, and levels. And that Bible is from Reverend Pointer's church, right. who's the father of the Pointer sisters in <sighs> Oakland. Right. And that Bible she has done, whether it was attorney general, every single senator, every single thing she has ever done, which she made history every single time she mm-hmm, did it, mm-hmm. has been that Bible with Reverend Pointer. <laughs> and also we lost a Pointer sister this fucking yeah, year. That's right. It just keeps going and going and going and going and going. I like can't take it. I know. So now full circle, she's becoming the vice president of the United States with Jojo by her side, who was there to swear her in as the senator and using the two Bibles that have been with her every step of the way. Now, as you know, I'm not much into religion, but those books represent love and purpose for her. Or maybe that's what they represent for me. Not to mention her personal choice of having Sonia Sotomayor to swear her in. Now, this is what So There's That is all about. 
I love that she's using these two Bibles. Imagine what you would use. That's special to you. I would want to be sworn in on dumpling and nacho. I was going to say. And would want Doritos shot through a cannon to fall on the people like confetti. But that's just me. I was inspired to even dream that because of Kiki. I can't wait to watch them and feel inspired again and feel like life is possible again and feel like in a very, very weird way that someone's going to take care of us. In all honesty, I can say I've lost faith and I find it very challenging to find inspiration. Kiki showing us what inspires her and giving us the perfect picture of that through the first woman of color to sit on the Supreme Court, swearing in the first woman of color and first woman to be the vice president of a country founded on, regardless of how well-meaning, founded on the backs of black people who were slaves and who had no rights at all, and the backs of women who have been slaves to men since the beginning of time. And even in our Constitution and Declaration of Independence, which we love so much, the word woman doesn't exist. The Bible is a different story. The word woman's all over it, alongside obey men, literally made from the rib of man, etc., etc. But time and evolution and people like Sonia Sotomayor and Kamala Harris broke through the confines that those books, as beloved as they may be, sought to oppress them. And now they are able to hold up those books and go, no, 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 no. These books work for me and never have the words of any of these documents rang so true as they do when I look at these two women and what they represent. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. That is at the beginning of the Declaration of Independence. And I read that because I've never felt so connected to it as I do now, knowing that Sonia Sotomayor is about to swear in Kamala Harris as the first woman vice president of this country. So Brandy and I are going to take the Dom Perignon out that Leah Black gave to us, <laughs> and we're going to open it, and we're going to toast the second that she's sworn in. So there's that. That's it for this episode of Dumb Gay Pandemic Politics. Thank you guys for listening to this stupid podcast. We love and appreciate all 14 of you so much, especially now. It's just we just got a whole year of like incredible things ahead of us and crazy unimaginable things. If you're new here and you like us, but you'd rather not hear about politics, then please consider checking out our Patreon podcast. Our Patreon podcasts are completely different than this. There's no politics, no ads, no structure, no rules, and best of all, no pressure to join the Patreon. And like Meg from Denver, 
formerly from Denver, now Rhode Island, said she doesn't always finish the regular weed <laughs> podcast, but she always finishes the that's Patreon right. podcast. That's right. That's right. They aren't consistent, but they are long and they are cheap. It's only $1 if you sign up for one hour long podcast a week and $2 for two hour long podcasts per week. And when you sign up, you will immediately get access to our whole back catalog, which is hundreds of hours of stupid stress-free podcasts. Plus, you get the philanthropic satisfaction of knowing that with one single dollar, you are contributing to what has become our sole source of income in this pandemic. Yeah, God forbid Patreon ever gets shut down like Parcel or whatever the fuck it's called. We would be so fucking fucked. But if being pressured to help us pay our bills out of the kindness of your heart isn't working, then go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and listen to a free one and just see if you like it. All you have to do is scroll down the locked podcast until you get to September and look for the episode called Windows Up Sing Time. And then you just press play. You can listen to the whole hour right there from your phone or your computer or your iPad or whatever you're listening on. You don't have to download anything or sign up for anything. And if you do decide to sign up, navigating the DGP Patreon community and listening to the podcast is super easy. You can always just go to patreon.com slash dumbgaypolitics and it's all right there. Or you can do everything on the Patreon app, which is free and available in every app store. Or, in terms of listening, the easiest thing to do is to import our Patreon podcast feed into iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. So all your podcasts are in one place. Look, you know you're curious, so you might as well try it because we are literally never going to stop banging the bomb. Never going to stop, never, never going to stop, never It's like an En Vogue song. Yep. <laughs> and as always, it's been real and it's been fun. But mostly it's been gay and it's been dumb. Don't forget about my birthday song, Babel. <laughs> it's your special birthday song. Okay. <clears throat> I remember all my life <laughs> raining down as cold as ice. Shadows of a man, a face through a window, crying in the night. The night goes into morning, just another day. Here comes Dumpling. Oh, God. <laughs> Happy people pass my way. Looking in their eyes, I see a memory I never realized. How happy you made me, oh Brandy. <laughs> well, you came and you gave without taking. That's true. And I sent you away, oh Brandy. Well, you kissed <laughs> me and stopped me from shaking. And I need you today, oh Brandy. Why did he change it? We, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's a perfect Brandy song. I'm standing on the edge of time. I've walked away when love was mine. Caught up in a world of uphill climbing. Tears are in my eyes and nothing is rhyming. Oh, Brandy, well, you came and you gave without taking. But I sent you away, oh, Brandy. Well, you kissed me and stopped me from shaking. And I need you today, oh, Brandy. Key change. <laughs> it's like the breakdown. It's a breakdown, six bar breakdown. <laughs> Here we go. God. Oh.
comes dumpling to support oh, shit, you. Fuck. Yesterday's a dream. <laughs> I face the morning crying on a breeze. The pain is calling, oh, Brandy. Well, you came and you gave without take. He ran away. <laughs> but I sent you away, oh, Brandy. Well, you kissed me and stopped me from shaking. And I need you today, oh, Brandy. <laughs> when you <laughs> came and you gave without taking. And I sent you away, oh, Brandy. Well, you kissed <laughs> me and stopped me from shaking. And I need you. Did it perfectly. Nailed it. Thank you, Mimma. For you, happy birthday. I love you. I love you. Woo, have a brain. How'd you do, I? See, you've met my faithful handyman. He's just a little broad dine because when you knocked, he thought you were the candy man. Don't get strung up by the way I look. Don't judge a book by its cover. I'm not much of a man by the light of day, but by night I'm one hell of a lover. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Let me show you a rhyme and maybe play you a sign. You look like you're both pretty groovy. Or if you want something visual that's not too abysmal, we could take in an old Steve Reeves movie. I'm glad we caught you at home. Could we use your phone? We're both in a bit of a hurry. Right. We'll just say where we are, then go back to the car. We don't want to be any worry. Well, you got caught with a flat wheel. How about that? Well, babies, don't you panic. By the light of the night, it'll all seem all right. I'll get you a satanic mechanic. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. <laughs> Why don't you stay for the night? Right. Or maybe a bite. Right. I could show you my favorite obsession. I've been making a man with blonde hair and a tan. And he's good for relieving my tension. I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. Hey, hey, I'm just a sweet transvestite from transsexual Transylvania. So, come up to the lab and see what's on the slab. I see you shiver 
with anticipation. But maybe the rain is really to blame. So I'll remove the cause. <laughs> But not the symptom. <laughs> 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 